the 10th of February, and this is the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. My name is Blake Farley, and I am so glad you're joining me today. Our Old Testament reading out of the New Living Translation in the one-year Bible plan today begins with Exodus chapter 30, verse 11, and it ends with Exodus chapter 31, verse 18. So let's go ahead and jump in. Exodus chapter 30, verse 11. Then the Lord said to Moses, Whenever you take a census of the people of Israel, each man who is counted must pay a ransom for himself to the Lord. Then no plague will strike the people as you count them. Each person who is counted must give a small piece of silver as a sacred offering to the Lord. The payment is half a shekel based on the sanctuary shekel, which equals 20 geras. All who have reached their 20th birthday must give this sacred offering to the Lord. When this offering is given to the Lord to purify your lives, making you right with him, the rich must not give more than the specified amount, and the poor must not give less. Receive this ransom money from the Israelites and use it to take care of the tabernacle. It will bring the Israelites to the Lord's attention. It will purify your lives. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a bronze wash bin with a bronze stand. Place it between the tabernacle and the altar and fill it with water. Aaron and his sons will wash their hands and feet there. They must wash with water whenever they go into the tabernacle to appear before the Lord, and when they approach the altar to burn up their special gifts to the Lord, or they will die. They must always wash their hands and feet, or they will die. This is a permanent law for Aaron and his descendants to be observed from generation to generation. Then the Lord said to Moses, Collect choice spices, twelve and a half pounds of pure mirth, six and one-fourth pounds of fragrant cinnamon, six and one-fourth pound of fragrant columnus, and twelve and one-half pounds of cassia, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. Also, get one gallon of olive oil like a skilled incense maker. Blend these ingredients to make a holy anointing. Use this sacred oil to anoint the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, the table, and all its utensils, the lampstands, and all its accessories, the incense altar, the altar of burnt offering, and all its utensils, and the wash basin with its stand. Consecrate them to make them absolutely holy. After this, whatever touches them will also become holy. Anoint Aaron and his sons also, consecrating them to serve me as priests. And say to the people of Israel, This holy anointing oil is reserved for me from generation to generation. It must never be used to anoint anyone else. And you must never make any blend like it for yourself, you yourselves. It is holy, and you must treat it as holy. Anyone who makes a blend like it or anoints someone other than a priest will be cut off from the community. Then the Lord said to Moses, Gather fragrant spices, risen droplets, mullock, shell, and golubum, and mix these fragrant spices with pure frankincense, weighed out in equal amounts, using the usual techniques of the incense maker. Blend the spices together and sprinkle them with salt to produce a pure and holy incense. Grind some of the mixture into a very fine powder and put it in front of the Ark of the Covenant where I will meet with you in the tabernacle. You must treat this incense as most holy. Never use this formula to make this incense for yourselves. It is reserved for the Lord and you must treat it as holy. Anyone who makes incense like this for personal use will be cut off from the community. That concludes chapter 30. Moving into chapter 31 verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I have specifically chosen Balizan, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. 
And I have personally appointed Oliab, son of Alibisha, of the tribe of Dan, to be his assistant. Moreover, I have given special skill to all the gifted craftsmen, so they can make all the things I have commanded you to make. The tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark's cover, the Place of Atonement, all the furnishings of the tabernacle, the table and its utensils, the pure gold lampstand with all its accessories, the incense altar, the altar of burnt offering with its utensils, the wash basin with its stand, the beautiful stitched garments, the sacred garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments for his sons to wear as they minister as priests, the anointing oil, the fragrant incense for the holy place. The craftsmen must make everything as I have commanded you. The Lord then gave these instructions to Moses. Tell the people of Israel, be careful to keep my Sabbath day, for the Sabbath is a sign of my covenant between me and you from generation to generation. It is given so you may know that I am Lord who makes you holy. You must keep the Sabbath day, for it is a holy day for you. Anyone who desecrates it must be put to death. Anyone who works on that day will be cut off from the community. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day must be a Sabbath day of complete rest, a holy day dedicated to the Lord. Anyone who works... On the Sabbath must be put to death. The people of Israel must keep the Sabbath day by observing it from generation to generation. This is a covenant obligation for all time. It is a permanent sign of my covenant with the people of Israel. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, but on the seventh day he stopped working and was refreshed. When the Lord finished speaking with Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two-sewn tablet inscribed with the terms of the covenant written by the finger of God. Moving into the New Testament... Matthew chapter 26, verse 47 through 68. And even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people. The traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him the kiss. Jesus said, My friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Put away your sword, Jesus told him. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. Don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us, and he would send them instantly? But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? Then Jesus said to the crowd, Am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day. But this all is happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. At that point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. Then the people who had arrested Jesus led him to the home of Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of religious law and the elders had gathered. Meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance and came to the high priest's courtyard. He went in and sat with the guards and waited to see how it would all end. Inside, the leading priests and the entire high council were trying to find witnesses who would lie about Jesus so they could put him to death. But even though they found many who agreed to give false witnesses, they could not use anyone's testimony. Finally, two men came forward who declared, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Well, aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus remained silent. Then the high priest said to him, I demand in the name of the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus replied, You have said it. And in the future you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothing to show his horror and said, Blasphemy! Why do we need another witness? You have all heard his blasphemy. What is your verdict? Guilty, they shouted. He deserves to die. Then they began to spit in Jesus' face and beat him with their fists. 
And some slapped him, jeering, prophesied to us, you Messiah, who hit you that time? That concludes our New Testament reading. Uh, the Gospels just always grip me. No matter how many times you read them, you get to this portion of the story, and it is just absolutely appalling and uh, amazing what our Savior went through for our sake. Moving on to the Proverbs. Proverbs 8, verse 27 through 32. I was there when he established the heavens, and I here being wisdom in this uh, in this proverb. I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the ocean. I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established the springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the sea, so they would not spread beyond their boundaries, and when he marked off the earth's foundations. I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence, and how happy I was with the world he created, how I rejoiced with the human family. And so my children listen to me, for all who follow my ways are joyful. And finally, we'll be reading Psalm 32, the 32nd Psalm, in a posture of prayer. A Psalm of David, verse 1. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are in, lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body washed away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Interlude. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I tried. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Interlude. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you, while there is still time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. Interlude. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad, all who obey him. Shout for joy, all whose hearts are pure. Lord, thank you for making my heart pure. Not through what I've done, but through what Jesus Christ alone has done for me living the perfect righteous life, dying the atoning death, and rising again. Lord, I pray that we would all trust in that today and remember that our sins are forgiven in him. We no longer walk under condemnation, but in grace, with the empowerment of your Holy Spirit, awaiting the day in the future in which you return and set all things to right as the ruling and reigning king. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me for today's reading, friends. Hope to see you back here tomorrow as we continue our journey reading through the Bible together.